Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about the approach to deciding how much to invest and where to invest it um, and what asset classes and so forth. Um, and share with you sort of three strategies, uh, I guess, one or two that are evidence-based and one that's uh, throwing darts at a dartboard, which obviously um, I wouldn't recommend. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about, though, is a, a theory, a financial theory called mean reversion. Uh, and mean is really obviously the midpoint of a data range, um, which is an alternative measure to a, an average or averaging out numbers. Um, and mean reversion is a, a theory that suggests that a period of above average returns is typically followed by a period of below average returns, such that the total return over both those two periods is close to the asset class's long-term average return. So uh, to put that in context, if you like, uh, it could be that you know a property market has very little growth for seven years uh, and then has uh, 12% compounding growth for the next seven years. And so over that 14-year period, the total growth is 7%. Now, I don't know if those numbers add, add up or uh, whether that works, but just as an example, you know that, of course, markets don't move in a straight line, that um, returns aren't consistent every year, and it's quite often you get periods of time where returns are below average um, and periods of time where uh, returns are above average. Most importantly, uh, mean reversion has been um, studied significantly over very long periods of time in different sub-asset classes, so in the share market, but in, say, emerging markets and so forth, but also across different asset classes, uh, including residential property. I mean, I've done my own studies in, in the blogs about it. So the, the key thing here is it is an evidence-based observable and repeatable trend in financial markets. It's not a, it's not a, a, a observation or opinion, it's a fact. Of course, mean reversion also passes the common sense test, in my opinion. So, you know, it's unlikely, of course, that an asset class can deliver um, uh, above average returns for an unlimited period of time. You know, for example, the S&P 500, which is the US share index, has returned about 15% on average over the last 12 years. 12 years of 15% per annum compounding. That's significant. Um, its long-term return is closer to 10%. So clearly it's above average uh, for 12 years. The probability of it repeating that over the next 12 years is very low. In fact, modelling suggests that the chance is less than 1%. And it makes sense. How can the US share market continue to deliver 15% returns for two period, two 12-year periods, 24 consecutive years. It's not going to do that. Not consecutive, but on average. It's just not going to do that. So it kind of makes sense. I wanted to cite a couple of examples where mean reversion has really played out and has kind of been obvious. So the first one that I recall was back in uh, 2011 when the US Aussie dollar exchange rate was close to parity, that is that one Aussie dollar equaled one US dollar. And that meant it was a pretty good time to invest in US market um, because obviously your Aussie dollars would buy more, would buy more stocks, more value and so forth. However, 
at that time, when we looked at the past 10-year returns, the past 10-year returns to ending December 2011 was close to zero. So here you had a situation where the exchange rate was really valuable. It was tempting to invest in that market. But when you looked at more recent historic returns, you go, well, there's actually zero returns. So whilst it might be upside in terms of foreign exchange, uh, there certainly wasn't any upside if you just focus on that 10-year period um, in regards to uh, investment returns. But what happened? Well, since uh, 2011, the index has returned over 14% per annum, whilst the Australian currency has fallen about 30%. So it's really resulted in a total return of about 18% over that period of time. Mean reversion, together with a low-cost index fund, has done most of the heavy, heavy lifting in that situation. My second example is um, perhaps the most obvious market at this stage uh, that looks like it will benefit from mean reversion is the investment grade apartment market, particularly in Melbourne. Now, I wrote a a report uh, in October 2020 last year um, uh, looking at uh, historic returns from investment grade apartments and concluded that they've certainly been well below trend over the last 10 years. Um, for a variety of reasons which I cited, but um, the that we're we're probably close to a period where we're going to enjoy above average uh, returns. Now it's easy to say that, and of course, when looking back um, at U.S. markets, the U.S. example back in 2011, we look back at that and go, "Well, that was a no-brainer." But really, it's the same sort of thing with investment-grade apartments today. And whilst that might be the case, do you have the guts and fortitude to invest in investment-grade apartments considering they haven't performed for the last 10 years and there's no guarantee of future performance? The point I'm trying to make is that mean reversion is an observable trend, um, is obvious uh, in hindsight, but when you're in the thick of it, when you're ready to make that decision and, and invest against the, the more recent data, the popularity if you like, Um, It's not always easy to do. In fact, it often feels risky and um, sometimes it feels safer just to follow the herd and invest where everyone else is uh, investing. But the reality is astute investing requires not only discipline, but a decent dose of courage as well. Now, last week in this podcast, I talked about how it is often very tempting to focus on investment opportunities that promise relatively quick returns, high and quick returns. Um, However, there's really three approaches that you can employ when deciding how to invest your money and where to invest your money. The first one is uh, taking a very short-term horizon. That is trying to pick uh, stock markets or asset classes that are likely to deliver above average returns over the next, say, 6 to 18 months. Uh, This is not investing. This is speculation. The second approach is to take uh, adopt a medium-term horizon. And that means uh, trying to pick asset classes, sector or geographical markets that are likely or positioned to deliver above-average returns for the next three to five years. And this is really using that trend of mean reversion to your advantage. And the last approach is to take a very long-term view, um, which it means um, investing in asset classes using evidence-based strategies without any regard to timing and just to focus entirely on asset quality. So knowing, okay, I don't care where the 
house market is, investment grade house market is, I'm just going to invest in an investment grade uh, home, a house, uh, and hold it for 30 years, I know it's going to work. That's taking a very long-term approach. Obviously, the shorter the time horizon, the higher the risk, which is, you know, being really short-term focused is very high risk. And I say it's high risk because there's very little evidence that demonstrates it's a, um, a repeatable and successful strategy. However, if your risk appetite um, permits, it's possible to use a combination of medium-term and long-term approaches. To give you an example, if we were working with a client that um, involved a strategy of investing in both property and shares, for example, uh, well, when investing in property, we would use a pure long-term approach. We're not going to try and predict where markets, what markets will do in the shorter term. Um, And the reason for that is that property is a very lumpy asset. You have to invest a significant amount all at one time. So therefore, we want to take the lowest risk approach. However, if this strategy also included progressively investing in shares, say maybe investing um, a certain amount every month, what we might do is first invest in those geographical markets or sub-asset classes that exhibit the best opportunities to deliver above average returns in the medium term. So that's using that kind of medium term mean reversion kind of approach. And so as you can see in this strategy in terms of the assets we're employing, Um, different approaches uh, and skewing our portfolio uh, to try and achieve better returns, not only in the medium term, but also in the long term. Now, the problem for or the challenge for investors that have cash to deploy at this point in time uh, is twofold. The first point is that um, you, because of low interest rates, you're generating very little interest, interest income in respect to any cash. I mean, you're virtually getting virtually getting nothing, less than 1%. And even if you put it in a a mortgage offset account, you might be saving circa 3%. So there's not a a big return. And if you're sitting on a bunch of cash, you're thinking, well, it's not really working very hard for me. Conversely, when you look at uh, share and property markets, they're trading at almost all-time highs at the moment. That also seems quite risky as well. And um, people are reluctant to go and Uh, invest in that um, in case it's going to correct or crash or experience some level of volatility. However, when deciding uh, on investment strategy, it's really an all or nothing decision. Uh, That is, it's very unlikely that the right uh, response is to invest nothing at all. That's a bit extreme and leaving all your money in cash isn't the right answer. But by the same token, taking all your cash and investing it in the share or property market tomorrow um, equally is probably too aggressive. Therefore, it's not a black and white decision. The answer, the right answer for you or the right response for you probably lies somewhere in between all or nothing. And it's really then just finding what is the right balance given your plan, your asset base, your goals, your financial position. What is the right balance for you? If all else fails and all that seems too hard, my, uh, as I've written and spoken about ad nauseum, um, the best approach then is just to focus on the long term. It is really the lowest uh, risk approach. You know, if you adopt an evidence-based methodology, uh, focus on asset quality, invest in that asset, close your eyes, hold it for 20 years, it's going to work for you. That really is the lowest risk approach. The theme of this podcast is really just to highlight the benefit of using mean reversion to your advantage and that uh, investors that have a slightly higher risk tolerance might be able to build that into their portfolios. 
Okay, that's it for me for this week. Uh, Until next week, bye for now.